So Money Episode 164, Mrs. Money Mustache. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Happy Monday. Very excited to share a new interview with Mrs. Money Mustache. You know, they say that behind every great man, there's a great woman. Uh, or I should say, in partnership with a great man, there is a great woman. And that saying definitely rings true when it comes to Mrs. Money Mustache, also known as Simi. Uh, of course, she and her husband run the successful Mr. Money Mustache blog, which offers people, quote, financial freedom through badassity. Uh, it's got a huge following. And to this day, my interview with Mr. Money Mustache was my most downloaded episode of all time. How about that? But did you know that it was actually his wife, Simmy, who originally encouraged him to write a blog and create the name Mr. Money Mustache? And now she has her own blog, Mrs. Money Mustache, where she shares her experiences and advice about personal finance. Some of you have actually asked me to invite Simmy on the show, and so I approached her. Uh, she was super humble and says this is actually her first podcast, and so I'm incredibly honored and flattered to have her join us today. A little bit more about Simmy. She believes in simplicity, self-discovery, lifelong learning, community, and the wisdom that comes with age and experience. Besides the journal that she's kept since third grade and assorted teen angst poetry, she has not written any books. She's not an expert in any one field, but loves to discuss ideas about consumerism, parenthood, creating community, and money in our society. Since retiring in 2004, she has discovered that she has a huge thirst for knowledge. She's spent her retirement, because she did also retire early like her husband, she's spent that early retirement primarily navigating motherhood. She's also started multiple new businesses. Her most recent role is that of obsessive Etsy shop owner. So lots to explore with the great Simi, Mrs. Money Mustache. And so without further ado, let's get right to it and give her a warm welcome. Simi, welcome to So Money, also known as Mrs. Money Mustache. This is really, I'm rolling out the red carpet for you here because <laughs> when your husband was on, it was, it was it, I think, to date my most popular podcast. So I'm looking forward to you exceeding his uh, his podcast in terms of listen. So welcome to So Money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. This is your first podcast, right? Yes, it is. How you, mm. how you feeling? Are you, what's, what's going on right now? I feel good. I mean, I hope I have uh, some good stuff to contribute. Definitely. I think we're going to try to get as much out of you as possible. All Because, I mean, I thought, you know what? I really wanted to have you on the show. I had Mr. Money, had, well, Mr. Money Mustache on the show. And yeah. he said to me that you were the one who actually encouraged him to get the URL for the website you kind yeah. of you put you put into the challenge. Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, ever since I knew Pete, um, which is his real name, yeah. by the way, <laughs> um, he's always been an outstanding writer. I thought 
Um, when we first met ages ago, it was when, you know, email had just come out and we lived about five hours apart. So he used to email me all the time and I'd email and his emails were just hilarious. And so I always told him like, you should go into writing. That's something that you're really good at. And he always enjoyed doing it. So um, anyway, we were talking about ideas for how to do a money blog that would be interesting and, you know, not just your standard money advice. And um, he, you know, we kind of came up with ideas together in a name, but then he was writing everything up in a Word document, all of his blog posts. And finally, I was like, well, I think you've got enough uh, posts to start your blog. So I just set up a WordPress blog for him because that's sort of my strength, you know, the technology side. Um, and I just put it there and there was nothing on it. And it was just staring him in the face. And I just kept reminding him like, hey, <laughs> you have a blog now. It's it's public. Maybe you should write something. And so anyway, he started putting his posts on there and yeah. It's and slowly but surely, I mean, yeah. the, yeah, incredible traffic to the site. Uh, why the name Mr. Money Mustache? How did that come about? You know, it was just through brainstorming and, um, cause that's genius. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we think it's hilarious and obviously Pete and I have a, you know, you know, some people hate the name. I think it's stupid, but. <laughs> um, well, enough people like it. Uh, yeah, that, that, I know. I think it stands out and, you know, it, it suits his personality and I think it's perfect. So as soon as we thought of it, um, it stuck. And the two of you have been together for quite a while. You said, uh, you know, you started dating before, right when email just started. So just you've dated yourselves now. <gasps> yeah, um, met in 1994. Um you yeah. you both retired young, and of course that's a big part of the of the of the must, money mustache uh, message. Is you know live simply, you can retire early, l- live life to, with your own set of rules. When you first got together, though, how much of a conversation was this? Did you always know that together you wanted to? more or less retire in your thirties. And if, you know, I'm just really curious if you could take us back a little bit to that time or those moments where you had those conversations and you started planning towards that. Yeah. Um, well, when we met, we were both 19, so we weren't talking about money at all. (laughs) Um, you know, we had other things on our mind, I guess. So, I mean, definitely Pete was always a frugal person. And I, I mean, some of the things I remember at the beginning is that he wasn't typical in the sense that he never got me flowers or he never, you know, did the traditional things that men do when they're dating someone new. Um, but what he did do was he would, he'd make me things out of wood So at first I struggled a little bit sometimes with what you expect from dating somebody, you know, getting little like flowers and things like that. And he wasn't that type of person and he never was. So we had those types of conversations and he kept telling me like, that's not what's important. You know, that doesn't mean that I don't care about you because I don't do those things. So I think that was more sort of the types of conversations we were having when we first met. Um, we had a lot of dreams too about things that we would do together, like big goals, you know, experiences that we would have and buying house, you know, buying a house. And Pete was always very 
driven, I guess. You know, he had big dreams and that's what I liked about him. He was very different, very creative, very interesting person. So that's what drew me to him. But we didn't necessarily talk specifically about money when we first met. But to me, you know, he was also attracted to you. I think that uh, what I'm curious to learn more about is kind of this synergy, you know, between you and Pete. You said you you were very honest to admit that, you know, you were kind of taken aback in the beginning a little bit about, you know, his uh, out-of-the-box thinking when it comes to showing affection. Like, forget the flowers. I'm going to make you something from hand. Do you, Would you say that for a lot of your relationship, it was you kind of more or less like agreeing to the lifestyle or that you were more or less on the same page about a lot of things? Well, I would say that we were pretty close. I mean, I've always been fairly frugal and good with money. And I grew up in a family where it was important to save and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, and I've never been an extravagant kind of person. You know, I've always had a pretty minimal lifestyle So it was really just, I think it was just more emotional for me, like having, I guess, just knowing that he liked me, you know, like on Valentine's Day, if you don't get anything, you kind of feel like, oh, well, that sucks. All my other friends got something. (laughs) But eventually I, I came around to that way of thinking. And I think I would have anyway in the end, you know, with Mm -hmm. anybody else, um, just because that's how I was inclined to think anyway. How would you describe your life together now from a financial standpoint? If you had to describe it to someone, um, how you, the, and I've heard Pete describe this in his words on the, on the podcast, but I'd love to hear it from your perspective as well. How would you describe your financial life as you've built it with your husband? Um, I would describe it as easy, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, it's not really an issue at all in our life right now. And for a long time, we talked about finances constantly, but now we just don't really talk about it anymore. So, And you also retired very young. How did you make that possible? And what did you do when you retired so, so young? I guess also in your 30s, right? Yeah, we both kind of left work at the exact same time. And, and work in technology, right? You were also working yes. in engineering? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was software developer and project manager. So I left that job and I I was doing other things, but we didn't have to do them for money. So I started um, helping my parents with a business that they wanted to start in the U.S., but they didn't know how to get going because they didn't have anybody in the U.S. to get it started for them. So I helped them with that, which um, involved, you know, figuring out payroll and how to get a business going in the United States and multiple different states. So I helped them with that for a while. Um, I also got my real estate license and I started kind of dabbling in that a little bit. Um, Pete started a house building business. So there's been a variety of different things that I've been kind of working on. Um, and it's only, well, also we had a child, so that took right. up a lot of time. Mustache Junior. Yeah, right. So, how old is he now? He's nine. Oh, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember I, I met him because I came to your home in Colorado a couple of few years ago, maybe. And yeah. he was really into making music. On yes, his, is he still into that? Oh yeah, he loves making music. Oh um, my gosh! Yeah, that's awesome. He's, yeah, he's pretty awesome. 
All right. Now let's talk about your financial philosophy, Simi. What would you say in one sentence is your money mantra? And curious how that maybe has changed since you've, you know, experienced the whole early retirement and the, the success of the Money Mustache blog. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that has developed over time just to focus more on internal happiness and being good to the environment. And if you really think about what that means, it ends up that you don't end up spending a lot of money because, you know, money can bring happiness in some ways, but, um, you know, at some point it doesn't help you in those areas at all. So, yeah, you guys are very environmentally conscious. I know biking is huge and it's, and it's promoted in your neighborhood. I mean, something that I think helps where you live. It's uh, you have like-minded community members. Yes. What are some other examples of how you guys are being green and saving money at the same time? Well, we just try to lead by example um, for our son and that means not driving very much and just having more, I think really the key is just having a local lifestyle. You know, if you're living out in the middle of nowhere and then you tell yourself you're not going to drive anywhere, well, then you probably aren't very happy because you're not seeing your friends and you're not doing things that you want to do. So in our case, we live in a community where, um, on purpose, by the way, <laughs> um, where everything is very, can be very local and all our friends are nearby and there's a lot of events here. And so, you know, driving is probably the biggest thing. So we just try to support other environmental organizations as well through, you know, donations and things like that. When um, when Pete was on the show, I asked him, what is one thing that now that, you know, OK, you've retired, but you're also, you know, you're, you're, the blog is successful. You have side gigs. It's not like you're living off of the income that you saved in your 20s and that's it. And you flatlined. So what are some things that you're enjoying now that you didn't enjoy necessarily 10 years ago because you were not it wasn't either important to you or you just didn't want to spend the money or you didn't have the money? Um, is there is there a splurge? I ask this usually later in the conversation, but I'm so eager to know now. I want to know <laughs> what's like Simi's splurge. Okay. Well, when you first started talking, I was thinking donating is probably the biggest thing that we're doing now. But as far as a splurge goes, um, for a while I was doing CrossFit, and that's a pretty big splurge because it was about $120 a month. And unlike Pete, I am externally motivated, so it helps for me to have a group of people that I can work out with and stuff like that. So, um, CrossFit yoga. And I think, I mean, I'm trying to think of something else, but he said sushi. <laughs> oh yeah. sushi. <laughs> well, we don't go out to sushi as much as I'd like to. Maybe I should talk to him about that. Yes. <laughs> and I would like to be considered the person who helped you guys achieve that. Yeah. Well, definitely food. I mean, groceries. We just buy whatever we want. Um, we buy a lot of um, right now because I'm gluten free. We're eating a lot more meat than we used to. So we try to get, you know, grass fed beef and organic kind of good food, so sometimes usually from local um, farms and things like that. So we just try to be we spend more on that kind of stuff because it's important to us. Um, we buy a lot of fancy cheese Olives. Mm. Yeah. Food. I'm I coming over for dinner. Over. That's what's yeah. happening. <laughs> <clears throat> well, take us down memory lane a little bit. I would, cause I don't really know much about your, your upbringing. I, I think you grew up in Canada. 
Yes. I'm sorry for saying Canada. I know you – that's like a whole country. Um, so specifically where and what would you say is your number one financial experience as a kid that – as an adult, now you look back and you go, you know, that taught me a lot and that's probably why I am the way I am today with money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um well, I grew up in Ottawa, Canada, and I have a father who was from India. So he moved um, in the 70s and met my mother. And we never really talked about money as a family. I mean, I barely even knew what my parents did for a living. They both came from families that really had nothing. I mean, they made they made something out of nothing. My dad came um, to Canada from India with, you know, not a penny to his name. So he worked really, really hard um, to make a life for us. And it was really important to him to be able to provide for his kids. And my mom grew up on a farm in Quebec. Um, Neither of them spoke English, by the way, when they met, which was interesting. That is interesting. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I learned from them that about hard work and accomplishment. And from my dad, I learned about saving And my parents, what they would argue about is that my mom would be more of a spender and my dad was really concerned about money. And so they would sometimes argue about that. And I remember my mom like hiding some of her purchases from him, things like that. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of what kind of impression it made upon me. I think that was because of my personality. I'm more um, like my dad and I'm more of a savings type, whereas my brother is maybe a bit more like my mom and he's more of a spender. Sometimes I think, you know, there's personality comes into play when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. What do your parents think of the Mr. Money Mustache blog? Oh, they think it's cool. I mean, I, we didn't tell them at first and they didn't really know about it. Um, they, they do follow it. And I think that they, they share, you know, they're kind of interested in all the ideas and they think it's cool. So, yeah. And you have also blogged, you blog for, for the, for your Mrs. Money Mustache. It's MrsMoneyMustache.com and it's its own blog. And I have a lot of ideas for it, but I haven't really done much with it, unfortunately. I think I'm limited by the fact that I don't feel like I'm really that great of a writer. So a lot of my ideas don't, you know, go on to the page as well as I would like them to. So... I, I ha- have Well, I disagree, of- first of all. <laughs> I disagree. Really? Have you looked at I, it? Well, the little bio that you even just sent me was so darling. And I was like, I want to read more about Simi. And you wrote that, I assume. And, you yes. know, um, I read in the intro that you've had a journal since third grade. That's remarkable. Yes. Yeah, I've you- always liked to write. And I think it's really helped me in my life to be able to write down how I'm feeling about things and just going through harder times. Um, yeah. Do you know what would be so interesting is if, I'm not saying you do this, but like if somebody has a journal from a very young age and now they're in their, you know, in, in adulthood to maybe release a page or a day of that journal every single day and that's the blog. And so <laughs> you pick up from this woman's life when she was eight. Today she's maybe in her late thirties, her forties. And, um, it kind of fast forwards you through her life. Maybe you release like a few days at a time or like a whole year in one gulp. I don't know, but that would be really cool. It could be a movie. Just, just, just brainstorming for you. Well, I've thought about, you know, I've always wanted to write a book. So I've thought about using my journal, parts of my journal as sort of a storyline for a book, but 
It would be incredibly embarrassing. I mean, especially the teenage years. Mm -hmm. I just recently reread some of it because um, one of my friends from high school recently passed away and I wanted to kind of look back and see what I'd written about her. And um, I couldn't believe how boy obsessed I was. And, you know, just (laughs) there's nothing really of substance in there. (laughs) How did you and Mr. Money Mustache meet Pete? How did you and Pete meet? Um, We actually met through an old boyfriend of mine. Um, I was dating this guy and he went off to university and he met Pete there. And Pete was coming to Ottawa to come work for the summer. And so we just kind of all got together and that's how I met him. And what does your journal say about first meeting Pete? Oh, (laughs) well, actually, it's funny that you say that because I, so when I first met him, I remember he was eating his pancake like a pizza, syrup all dripping down the side. Oh my gosh. That's attractive. Yeah. No, it was, it was awesome. (laughs) What would you say, Simi, is your number one financial failure if you've ever had one? I wouldn't say that I've had any one big failure, but I, there was a time, you know, where I was spending a lot more money just because I, I, w- I had this new job. I was making way more money than I'd ever made in my life. And I was buying coffees every day and books from the bookstore and Amazon and, you know, just clothing from REI and Anyway, I was just spending a lot of money, and that's when Pete and I had our little talk where he kind of sat me down, and we had a discussion about the future and retirement and how we could get there, and part of it was me making some big changes. And how did you take that? Actually, it was pretty exciting to me because, you know, he presented it really well, and he had the spreadsheet kind of showing me what was possible and how it would be great to not have to work when we have our first child. Um, And he also gave me alternatives, you know, like instead of going to the bookstore, why don't we get a library card? And I remember the next day we went to the library and and I thought, wow, I haven't (laughs) been to a library since I was a teenager and, and I loved it. And I think I took out like 20 books that day. And anyway, so um, we also got a latte machine shortly afterwards, uh, or sorry, an espresso machine so I could make lattes at home. So it wasn't necessarily giving things up. It was just thinking of things in a different way. Awesome. Yeah. Well, how you've had so many wins in your, in your marriage and in your financial life. What would you say is your proudest money moment? Well, the thing, the first thing that comes to mind is when I first started working in Boulder, I had this job that I absolutely loved and um, with great coworkers. But at some point I wanted to travel and I wanted to go back to Australia. And so Pete and I had planned this 12 week trip and I didn't think that I would be able to take the time that much time off work. And so I remember going in to talk to them about it um, and kind of saying, you know, I'm, I'm willing to quit if needed. But um, they let me stay. And in fact, they created a whole policy about absence from work, you know, for 12-week periods and what that means and how it works out. And the reason it was such a, a big money moment for me is because at that point, we were well on our way to early retirement and our savings and everything and I felt really confident I could go in there 
and ask them if I could do this. And I was willing to lose the job over it. And I think that if I had been, you know, really desperate for money, I wouldn't have had the confidence to go in there and ask for that. That's amazing. All right, let's talk about rituals. You're obviously a big health nut, and so I I suspect (laughs) you have some good habits when it comes to fitness and staying healthy and you're externally motivated, and I am too. I need the community. Yeah. Um, What would you say is your number one financial habit that helps to keep your, I guess, you know, just status quo? You guys are doing awesome, obviously. You have, you know, your, your tribal leaders when it comes to financial fitness. What, but, but, you know, maybe behind the scenes, what's an, an activity or a habit that you do that is regular that helps you maintain this, um, this success? I feel like I, I used to have a lot of habits, but I don't really need them anymore um, because I don't feel tempted to spend money at all anymore. Just because over time, I've just started to feel like I don't need to. But in the past, I used to have sort of limits on how much I could buy. So shopping for clothes, for instance, you know, I'd have 10 in my cart and then I'd have to narrow it down to three. So, you know, before I checked out or just kind of little games I would play with myself. Um, Also, I just don't go shopping. I mean, that's probably the biggest habit is that I don't go shopping at all just for fun. You know, if I need something, I'll usually look it up online and buy it that way. Yeah, that's a huge change, right? Imagine that. Imagine Farnoosh not going on the internet just because she's bored (laughs) to shop, not going on Amazon, not walking into the mall. And that I think is something that you grow up with. I mean, I remember especially, I think like moms and daughters do this as like a bonding thing. And moms and sons don't do this. Dads and sons don't do this. It's definitely a female ritual and it needs to stop. It's going into getting in the car and going to the mall with no agenda. Yes. Yeah. And actually, I was just talking to Pete about this yesterday about retail therapy and how it's a really big thing for women. You know, if you're feeling down or you've had a bad day, a lot of people will go shopping just and I think it's in order to make themselves feel better, better about themselves or, you know, maybe even just to get out of the house and do something and I think that you can easily replace, you know, that trigger with a new kind of habit. Um, and you can, you know, like you can go for a run or you can meet a friend for coffee or um, I feel like anything that I can do that makes me feel better about myself will help me with that same thing that, you know, retail her- therapy maybe used to help me with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many things you can do that are free, going for a walk. Um, and if if it means even going and getting a coffee, well, that's $3, $4 that you spent versus the, you know, yeah. h- how much more you would have spent at the mall on something that you don't need. Exactly. Yeah. Um, awesome. And you, by the way, you live in a great community. There's so, in, in a really great climate <laughs> that yeah. helps in New York here it's had been a pretty dismal winter we're just happy now that the sun's out um but yeah. probably I would be so you know I'd be curious to check everyone's bank accounts over like from November to March and April and see how much <laughs> they spent online and you know or maybe vacations they took because they just couldn't take it anymore right um, I know and I think you know there's some people I know who really embrace that um like Pete's sisters for example live in Ottawa which is sort of a terrible climate, yet they 
they just go outside all the time and they do outdoor activities and they just come to love the winter. And so Hmm. it's amazing how you can really change yourself so that you can start to enjoy that kind of climate. I mean, in our case, we just moved, but (laughs) (laughs) there's that. And people did, by the way, people, there was an article in the New York Times about um, Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn and specifically some Brooklyners who were like, LA looks pretty great this time of year. And in fact, maybe even for the rest of our lives. Right. (laughs) And they got, they packed their suitcases and moved. That's pretty dramatic. Uh, Well, Simi, you've been such a fun guest. And I, before I let you go, I don't want to let you go, but before I let you go, I'd love to get your stream of consciousness replies to these so money fill in the blank. So the point here is that you just finish a sentence quickly. The first thing that comes to your mind And don't overthink it. So if I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say you won oodles of cash, $100 million, the first thing I would do is? I would start a foundation, I think. What kind? Um, Maybe for money education or um, support for women in shelters, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. That's the beauty <laughs> of being a, a, an overnight millionaire. Well, uh, in this case, 100 millionaire. Right. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is? Physical therapy. I'm doing physical therapy right now for my shoulder. So that's definitely... All that working out. Expensive, but... Is it PX90 yeah. or what was it that you did? No, I was – I'm doing CrossFit. CrossFit. I'm not doing it right now because my shoulders – It's hard on up. your body, isn't it? I know. Yeah, it can be. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on is? CrossFit and yoga. <laughs> the one thing I wish I had known about money growing up is? That it can work for you. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because? Um, I like to give to women's shelters um, because I feel like that's a really important cause. Um, I just I just can't imagine what it would be like to be a woman who feels like she has no options or she's scared or, you know, has nowhere to go. Yeah, absolutely. That's excellent. And uh, I'm so money. I'm Simmy, also known as Missy, Mrs. Money Mustache, and I'm so money because? I'm so money because I don't think about money. <laughs> High five. <laughs> you know, when I first met with my financial planner, she said to me, "What? where do you want me to take you, you know, mentally, you know, just like, yeah, we're going to get your money figured out. We'll get it squared away. But like, how do you want to feel about money? And how can I help you get there? And I said, you know, honestly, I want to get to a point where I don't have to think about money. Yeah. And she smiled and she said, yep, I know that. I know that desire and I'm going to help you. And and so, um, you know, while this show is all about talking about money, thinking about money, uh, there's also the stress that I think that's really what I was trying to get at is I don't want to have to stress or worry about money in that way. But I love right. ta- I love talking about money with you and thinking about it and strategizing. But yeah, it's that it's that worry, it's that anxiety that I'd, I'd like to do without. Yeah, and once you get there, it's so liberating. I mean, you have so many options, and you you can help other people, and it's just you know an endless endless possibilities. Well, thank you to you and Pete and the Money Mustache online empire it is uh, for encouraging us. I I have to say, you know, my friends, 
don't really know a lot about what the work that I do. I don't really talk about work. Um, but when I do mention Mr. Money Mustache and Mrs. Money Mustache, the, my friends who are smart and are financially savvy, they know who you are, okay? Oh, yeah? Good. They know. They don't maybe follow all the other news, but they, they – I have personal friends who are big advocates and fans of your work, and so that always makes me feel – Great. When I'm at like brunch or dinner with them and I'm like, yeah, you know, so I'm uh, talking to uh, Mrs. Money Mustache next week. And they think that's so cool. They're like, I'm talking to a celebrity. Oh, um, awesome. Well, I feel like I'm talking to celebrities. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> well, Simi, truly, thank you for, so much for joining the show. I'm so honored. This was your first podcast. I hope it was fun for you. I know listeners got a ton and I got a lot of a lot of takeaways from this. So I really appreciate it. And I really want you to Really want you to, you know, bring out MrsMoneyMustache.com and take it to the ultimate. Yeah, maybe I will. I, <laughs> I have big plans. I just need to get going on them. Well, the audience is there. People have been asking me to interview you for a while now. So just know that the audience is there and we'll be there with open arms and high fives. Mm, thank you, Farnoosh. You're welcome. Have a great, great day. And we hope to have you back. Thanks. That's a wrap, guys and gals. If you'd like to learn more about Mrs. Money Mustache, her website is MrsMoneyMustache.com. She is on Twitter at Mrs. Money M. We've got all this info at SoMoneyPodcast.com, where you can also find the transcript in the comments and also our previous conversation with Mr. Money Mustache. And while you're there, click on Ask Farnoosh. That's where you can send me your biggest money question or any question. I take Saturday and Sunday to respond to all of you and to all of your comments. So if you don't have a question, but maybe you have a thought or a comment, I'm also eager to hear that as well. And as a reminder, if you'd like to win a free 15-minute money session with me, just go over to iTunes and leave a review for this show. And hopefully I will pick you to receive a free 15-minute money session. Every Saturday at the top of the Ask Farnoosh episode, I pick one new reviewer to get that free 15-minute money blitz with me, and I do that from the iTunes review list. I go to most recent, and I pick somebody just that's popping out at me, and um, it's very um, – it, it, there's no strategy. It's just basically throwing a dart. And uh, But happy to say I have, through this, met personally one-on-one -on -one, so many of you and learned so much from you. So thank you to all of you who have, in the past who've written reviews and in the future, those who, who will meet with me hopefully one-on-one. -on -one. So thanks again to my fantastic guest, Mrs. Money Mustache, Simi. Thanks so much. Hope to see you again. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money. So money.